As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Losses, roofs, and wiring. If those three things are positive, I can get any property written pretty quickly, but lacking any one of those pieces of information to make it real good. Best ever listeners, I'm proud to announce many masterminds as a component of this year's best ever conference. This year's best ever conference is virtual. So we've added something that we've never done before. And I'm confident you're going to get a lot of value from it. When you join the best ever conference, you will be thoughtfully placed into a mini mastermind group. And to give you an idea of what these mini masterminds are, it's going to be about six to eight people, fellow best ever attendees. And if you've attended the best ever conference, you know that the quality of attendees is very high. And we have experienced investors who are also good people. I'm sure there's some bad people out there, but I've never come across them at the conference. They're people who want to help and people who want to network and people who are successful already in commercial real estate. So you'll want to be a part of these mini masterminds. And in these mini masterminds, we're going to thoughtfully place you in a group with other attendees and you're going to have different meetings virtually with them and we're going to help facilitate those meetings. So they're going to be all around a topic and each of the masterminds will have a different topic. For example, one mastermind, you'll talk about what resources, relationships, investments, etc. have made the biggest difference in your life and what do you think you're missing for that next big life change or that next big milestone in business. So we're going to prompt your mini mastermind group with a topic and then you all will discuss and we'll do that for seven mini mastermind sessions. So you're going to get to know other attendees really well and you're going to get the maximum amount of networking opportunities to go deep with people because ultimately what I found out is the more people I know is beneficial, but what really moves the needle on business is going deep with a select number of people and really establishing substantive relationships with them. So go to BEC2021.com, sign up for the Best Ever Conference, get thoughtfully placed in 
the mini mastermind group as a result of that. Mini masterminds are going to start November 1st. And when you sign up now, you're going to lock in the best price because prices go up each week. And on top of this, I'm going to give you a code so that you can get 10% off. And that is my BEC 10. So when you sign up at BEC2021.com, put in the code my MYBEC 10, the number 10, and you'll get an additional 10% off. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we're talking with Brian Schimmel. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Theo. How are you doing? I'm doing great as well. Thanks for asking, and thanks for joining us again. So Brian is a repeat guest. His first episode was episode 1595, so make sure you check that out. Today, being Saturday, it's going to be situation Saturday. So we're going to talk about a sticky situation that our guest isn't in, but you are probably in. But before we get into that, a little bit about Brian. He's a former real estate developer and builder. He joined multifamily risk advisors six years ago. This is an insurance company. They insure about 200,000 units across the country. He is based in Gainesville, Florida, and his website is tbmins.com which is in the show notes as well. So Brian, before we get into this sticky situation, do you mind telling us a, a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on today? Absolutely. Kind of as you alluded to there, I have sat on the other side of the table for a lot of years as an insurance buyer. I had grown up a pretty good size custom home building business to a little bit of light development. For the most part, was doing custom homes, investing in real estate in a variety of different ways. And, and then along came 08 and Along came kids, and, and I started looking for other things to do and tried to kind of parlay a lot of my real estate experience into the insurance world with a focus on real estate, which is what I've done. So, yeah, I kind of understand the, the perspective of both being someone who sells insurance and someone who buys insurance. I can understand the, the complications that a lot of people encounter and then the difficulty a lot of times in understanding it. Perfect. Let's talk about one of these potential difficulties. So we're recording this in the beginning of August, 2020. We're still in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. And as anyone who's investing knows, insurance rates are going up. So the situation is increasing insurance rates. And then Brian's going to go over the solution. But before we talk about any potential solutions, can you kind of let us know what's going on in the insurance industry? Why are the rates going up? When are people going to be affected by these rate hikes? How long do you think they'll be affected by these rate hikes? Things like that. Absolutely. If we would have done this podcast pre-COVID, pre-quarantine, a lot of the things that you'd be hearing, you would have also been hearing then. So my point being is that COVID has definitely not helped matters with the insurance markets or any industry, but definitely not in the insurance market. And I don't think anybody yet completely knows the fallout from that. I think in general, it kind of serves everyone a good purpose to kind of understand where rates were historically, 
where they got to and now where they're trending. And for a lot of years there, we set in what we call the soft market in the insurance industry. And that was the carriers were almost fighting for business. It, it was a buyer's market. Most of my clients were grabbing the OMs off of deals and using whatever number the seller had used the previous year for their own underwriting of, of their deal. And as much as we did preach against that for a lot of different reasons at that time, frankly, it usually was somewhat accurate. And then about a year, year and a half ago, the market really started firming up, driven by losses, weather losses, GL claims across the board, habitational insurance, whether you're talking about the property insurance or the casualty side with your general liability, it kind of fell out of favor with most insurance carriers. A lot of the Lloyd syndicates specialize in providing coverage, you know, they just haven't been profitable for a lot of years. So the market really started firming up and rates started going up. People started getting increases, which was really had been kind of new. People had not been experiencing that for seven, eight years before that. And kind of along with the hard market, everybody's always concerned about price, but you talk about sticky situations. It's now a seller's market and the insurance carriers, the underwriters, are being extremely picky with what assets they're willing to insure and what assets they won't. They're non-renewing many properties that they currently insure for a variety of reasons. It could be losses. If you sustain a, a sizable loss at, at a property, I would say the probability is, is you could probably see a cancellation from that come renewal. So you get out in front of it early. As far as new deals that you're looking at, the underwriters are looking at a variety of factors, the age of the building, the roof age, the wiring, its location, how crime scores, they are really picking and choosing what they want. And in a lot of situations, especially if you're buying a property that's got a lot of deferred maintenance on it, has a lot of loss, maybe it's located in a poor area, you honestly might only be left with a couple carriers, if any, quite frankly, but at best, maybe a couple carriers that are willing to offer coverage on that, and they're going to do that at the price that they're comfortable with. And I can tell you that rarely ever is an insured comfortable with the price that they're throwing out there. It's a difficult, difficult time right now. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's ways to navigate it and things you can do. And these markets do go up and down. I always say that we're a little bit like the stock market. The difference being the stock market fluctuates on a daily, weekly basis. Insurance markets tend to take a direction over a course of a year. And they don't make sudden quick jumps. But once they take a direction, it's kind of like a big battleship. They continue to head that way for a period of time. And that's kind of what's going on now. And then you bring up to where we are to date now with the quarantine. And again, I don't think anybody knows the fallout from that, but between the riots that have gone on, civil disturbances, just the cost of litigating a lot of business income claims on COVID that are pretty clearly in most policies excluded in terms of coverage, it's nonetheless gonna shove cost into the industry. And the way that the insurance industry responds to that is they raise rates to cover that cost. So I don't want to definitely start the show off and be a downer or anything like that about anything we say, but if you're looking at a new deal now or you're renewing portfolio or properties, insurance is something that you most definitely want to get out in front of because it can kill a deal right now, or it can really hurt the profitability on a portfolio. So is there a number or a percentage that you would say insurance has gone up or is it going to be very deal-specific, property-specific? It is very deal-specific. I would say in general, if you've had a property or portfolio that's been pretty loss-free, performed pretty well for the insurance carrier, you could be looking at single-digit increases. If the property's got a little bit of loss or 
maybe it's got some age on it or factors they don't like. You could be looking anywhere from a 10 to 20% increase across the board. If you've sustained significant loss on a property, it could be a weather claim on a roof, could be a large slip and fall claim on the GL, you could start seeing some rather substantial increases, but it is situational too. You know, so many times if you were paying a lower rate than you probably should have been, if you had been grandfathered under a policy and then paying some pretty aggressive rates, you might see a really large increase. It might not feel good, but compared to the market, you're probably not that bad. And the flip side is that maybe your agent didn't have you placed in quite the right spot and you were paying a little bit more than you should have last year, then you might start seeing a little bit less of an increase. Maybe not feel so bad for it. So it's kind of situational. It's definitely geographical driven. The Midwest right now, Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, they are just getting killed with hail claims. And that's probably the most difficult market. I'm here in Florida in a catastrophic market, which historically people talk about being very difficult. And it is, there's just not a lot of carriers that do it. But in terms of increases and in terms of placing insurance in a catastrophic area, believe it or not, it's really not my most difficult market right now compared to a lot of other places. Something interesting you said was COVID related, the businesses that are impacted by COVID, like retail businesses that shut down. Right. Is that something that you see insurance companies attempting to take into account when they're doing policies now, but like also in the future? So I own a restaurant. Is my insurance going to likely go up a lot for that reason? I think I understand what you're getting at. It depends if you're focusing on premium or rate. And what I mean by that is this, so many different types of industry, we're getting kind of outside of multifamily right now when you're talking about like restaurants, for example, the actual premium is a factor of the revenues or for example, work comp related policies would be based on payroll. So that's one of the factors multiplied by a rate and then that will equal your insurance premium. And so my point is, is that, yeah, I think across the board, you're gonna see rate increases go up, maybe not on the workers comp side, but property rates, liability rates, auto rates. There could be some argument that there's a lot less cars on the road. Maybe auto rates don't go up as much, but I would pretty much assume that the rates themselves are going up. Now, if your payroll's down, if your revenue's down, you might not see your premium increase that much. But yes, in general, the answer to that question is yes. I just have to give a little clarification to it. So we should be thinking about insurance not as a flat rate, but as a percentage of income. I was like a multifamily investor. I was transitioning to multifamily. When I'm underwriting new deals now, am I setting it based off of a percentage of income or am I reaching out to you and saying, hey, here's the situation. What's my premium going to be? Well, if you look at multifamily, you should look at it from a per unit basis. And yes, which you could correlate to a variety of other figures, but day to day, you want to look at multifamily from a per door basis. And yes, your per door costs are going up almost across the board universally across the industry, without a doubt. Then if you begin to look at other asset classes, whether you're talking about industrial or retail, those are really based primarily upon the values of the buildings. Well, multifamilies too, but at the end of the day, you could look at that as like a percentage of value. So what would be your piece of advice? What should I be doing when it comes to insurance for a new deal? If I got a new deal and I look at the OM and I've got a number, you said before people were just using the OM, which obviously you don't want to do, but it was fine because they weren't going up that much. Whereas now, you know, I'm underwriting a deal. I can put aside the other expenses. Let's talk about specifically about insurance. What should I do? I would say right out of the gate, with us specializing in real estate, with a particular focus on habitational, 
we're one of the few that truly specialize in it. And so what I mean by that is most of the people that do what I do, they cover a variety of different industries. And they try to do the best job they can. Our focus is more centric as to what's going on in the real estate industry, which gives us kind of some unique knowledge. It also allows us to provide some pretty unique services. And what I mean by that to your question is we try to become part of our client's due diligence team. So if you're looking at a new deal, let's look at multifamily. First thing we're going to ask for is an OM on the deal. The OM is going to supply us all the information we need that tells us the physical characteristics of the building. The age, the location, the number of units, the square footage, all of these things go into helping the carriers come up with their rate on a property. So the OM helps us tremendously. Also like to get hold of things like rent rolls. We can be looking at vacancy rates. So we can either navigate it if there's a vacancy issue with the carrier or really try to kind of push it as a positive. If you got 95, 98% rented out, we like to leverage that as much as we can with the carriers. And that's all comes out of the, the rent rolls. Most importantly right now, I think are losses. It's funny, the most difficult part of my job, without a doubt, is my clients collecting accurate and complete loss information. And what I mean by accurate and complete is the losses need to be generated by the carrier, even the seller's losses, because the rate you pay is going to be based upon the seller's losses. And we can talk about that later, but that is just a fact. And you need up-to-date losses, meaning the losses have been generated by the carrier in the last 30 to 60 days. So the new carrier is confident that they're looking at an accurate picture of what the loss history has been on it. The most difficult part of my job is obtaining these losses. A lot of time, my clients, especially new clients, they just don't really understand the importance of this. And it's funny, it's because it's one of the easiest things that you can get. If the seller wants to transact the property on a new deal, all they have to do is just send an email to their agent and say, give me five years if you can get it, three years is the minimum, but as much as I can, give me five years of loss history for the property insurance and for the GL insurance. It's a 30 second email and you should have it within 24 to 48 hours. That gives all carriers a clear picture of what's occurred on the property. And again, with this being a hard market, they're not giving you a whole lot of leeway with that. If there's a missing year here or they're dated or they might just decide not to quote it. Or if they do decide to quote it, they might factor in some for the unknown there if they do it. So the losses are the big ones. So getting to my point about being part of the due diligence team, we work hand in hand with our clients on the front end, help them collect all this information we can so we can paint the best possible picture we can to the carrier. And also during this process, we can give you an accurate indication of what the insurance costs on it are going to be for your own underwriting. So if there's any sort of retrading in the deal or something like that, I had a deal a couple of years ago where I had the same conversation with clients begging for losses. Please get the losses. Oh, you know, we can't get them. Or finally, it was like, well, they said no losses. And I said, well, I can base our estimate on that. And then lo and behold, when we finally needed the losses, it was a week before closing and they finally had to present the losses. There'd been three and a half to $4 million worth of loss in the property. And the insurance rate went from $375 a door to $500, and I think $60, $70 a door. It's just substantial. And the client ended up having to walk away from the money they put down on it because they couldn't qualify for the loan. And that's probably a worst case scenario that could happen, but it absolutely can happen. There's no getting around these losses. And another big factor, too, is consulting with our clients on some physical characteristics of the building 
that not only affect insurance premiums, but also might affect capital expenditures that you have to undertake on a property. Specifically, that usually revolves around roofs and wiring. This one's a little tough to maybe wrap your head around. So if I'm not clear, give me to clarify a little bit. But your insurance carrier wants to know the age of the roof, but believe it or not, they're willing to offer coverage pretty much on a property regardless of the age of the roof. But they might only be willing to do that by factoring in depreciation. And so what I mean by that is this, if it's got a 20, 25 year old roof on it, they might give you coverage on it, but if there ever comes to be a claim, they're gonna factor in depreciation on that claim. So there's gonna be almost no coverage for the roof, okay? As opposed to not factoring in depreciation, which is called replacement cost, which they are willing to do, most carriers, I mean, everyone's different, but for the most part, if that roof is 15 years of age or less, then you can get replacement costs. So if the roof blows away the first day you insure it, they're going to come put a brand new roof on it for you. And they're not going to factor in depreciation. So my clients would be fine with the depreciation factor. The problem is, is that Fannie and Freddie aren't. So there's at least two deals a week that I look at to where it needs new roofs. Some of the roofs are 20 years old. They're going with agency financing on it. And we have to have the same conversation and say, look, you're going to have to fix these roofs. And then you get into the quandary of, well, can they do it in the first 30 days of ownership? Does the seller need to do it before you can buy? And with the market getting more difficult and more difficult, most of these conversations are, hey, this seller might have to replace them. And so you could be neck deep into a deal and only come to find out at the 11th hour that you've got a roof problem. And Fannie Freddie do not give a waiver on that. It doesn't happen. Never gotten one, never will. Some carriers have a little bit of leeway with it, but their leeway is so tiny on it, it's not good. And, and with regards to risk, I'm probably talking too much about it, but so many people lean on the PCA. But I will tell you, every PCA I've ever read, whoever goes out there will never state the exact age of the roof. They allude to estimated 10 years of life remaining, estimated 15 years of life remaining. And if the lender or the carrier or somebody finds out what the true roof age is, it, it can give you problems. And so just as important as losses, find out when those roofs were last replaced because it's a big, big deal. And then wiring doesn't have near the lender problems that roofs do, but your wiring is either copper and you have no problem with any carrier. It's aluminum, which means you can have a whole lot of problems with carriers. There's only a few willing to do it. And then you can have remediated aluminum, which opens our world up a little bit. If it's truly remediated aluminum, then we can most likely handle that with the carriers. But time and time again, again, if you just verbally ask the seller, hey, has the wiring been remediated? Yeah, it's been remediated. The next thing you know, you own the property. Then out comes the insurance carrier to inspect it. And they come to find out it hasn't been remediated or it hasn't been remediated properly. Problem is now you own it. And now you're kind of in a situation where it's a known condition and really people don't have much choice other than to remediate it, which again, it can be a large capital expenditure. I would also say stab lock panels. I don't know if you've ever heard of those, but stab lock panels is an old electrical panel that went through a lot of lawsuits, a lot of claims, and a lot of carriers just will not cover stab lock panels. And a lot of times I see people that buy properties and the next thing you know, they have the stab lock panels. So losses, roofs, and wiring, if those three things are positive, I can get any property written pretty quickly, but lacking any one of those pieces of information can make it real difficult. Perfect, Brian. Well, thanks for walking us through all of the current state of the insurance industry about how rates are going up. 
and the types of things we need to do when we're looking at new deals and making sure we have a specialized real estate insurer on our due diligence teams. We're not kind of screwing ourselves over after we acquire the property. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for going all over this with us. Again, Brian's website is tbmins.com. That's also in the show notes. Best ever listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. Here's the problem with virtual events. You don't get to connect with others in the way that you would for in-person events. So with this year's best ever conference, it is virtual and we're fixing that problem. We are introducing many masterminds where you're going to get to know six to eight real estate investors who are accomplished and who will help you and you will help them grow each other's business. Go to BEC2021.com, sign up for the Best Ever Conference, and enter the code MYBEC10, and you'll get a 10% off on top of the lowest price, which is today, because the prices go up each week. BEC2021.com. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.